So today's podcast is going to be an expansion of last of the last podcast, essentially. So I was thinking, oftentimes when we are actually doing well, we don't tend to give ourselves the credit that we deserve. So like <clears throat> I was talking about how, you know, are you reacting from a place of, you know, everything in the past or are you reacting based off of things that are current, the current situation, the current context of the actual argument? If you have not done that in a while, meaning reacted from a place of the past, Give yourself credit. I want you to reflect on the moments in which you have not actually told a motherfucker about themselves, even when you know you wanted to, when you know you weren't even talking to the person in which you was reflecting on in the past. I want you to give yourself credit for the audacity of growth. We all talk about how we want to grow as people, but that's a fucking option. It's actually not a requirement. So you have to give yourself the credit for actually leaning into growth, leaning into healing, leaning into being who you really want to be holistically. The privilege of allowing yourself to change and accept the mistakes that will come Don't be that person who thinks that if you make a mistake, why are you growing? That's a reflection that you ain't growing. No, yes, it is. Because look at the differences. You are actually reflecting on why you did what you did. Beforehand, you you didn't even notice it was a mistake. Beforehand, you didn't even know that you were somewhat reckless. Beforehand, you never even considered, oh shit, maybe I'm wrong. Beforehand, you never even gave yourself accountability. Beforehand, you may not have even considered, oh shit, I can be a part of why there is some chaos going on in the world. Now you're doing that. Don't ever get to a point either where You're doing so much self-reflection that you internalize that your growth is actually a detriment and that, you know, your overall aura is if I do this and I make a mistake, it was my fault. Sometimes we get through that cycle. Sometimes we genuinely be like, damn, I'm growing. But then I did this. Oh man, instead of reflection that I'm actually not growing, I just can't believe this. Look at me making mistakes. That type of mind cycle will fuck you up all the time. You just made a mistake. Think about the impact of your mistake. Is it as severe as it it was before? Is it as intense as it was before? Have you actually been feeling more empowered lately when you have not reacted like that? Have you had more times in which you have not reacted like that versus when you have had that reaction? If you had 10 horrible ass reactions, but then you had 55 more positive days. Should we focus on the 10? 
And I understand why it's so hard to get away from the 10. The 10 will literally linger in your brain. The 10 will say to your amygdala, hey sis, remember me? Remember all those times you made a mistake? Hey, I'm here. I'm your safety net. Those mistakes will make you feel like you are a fucking baby being cradled by a bosom. You don't actually have to follow that bosom. You can go ahead and create your own healthy bosom. You can create a bosom in which you understand that you got mistakes, but you also have some good parts of you. You have to go to the bosom that says, you know what? I exist. I matter holistically. Holistically, if you keep considering yourself a person who is literally living holistically, you have more of a likelihood of accepting all of you. There are times where I will literally make a mistake and it will take me about two to three days to really conceptualize, oh shit, I can't believe I made a mistake. And then after that, I'm just like, but why did it take me so long to process this? Why do I feel inclined to genuinely beat myself up over a mistake? As if life is supposed to be perfect. As if growth essentially means the removal of all mistakes. That's not true. Having that type of binary thinking about your own growth trajectory will always keep you in a state of mind where you're fucked up. Who wants to walk around feeling fucked up all the time? And I understand based off of certain environmental and sociological and psychological factors that can be a little bit more prohibitive because there's always going to be that stimulus that's constantly saying your mistakes are you you are what you think you are what you feel you are what you value you are what you don't value but that's not true in all cases just because you said fuck that bitch last week don't mean you actually believe all bitches need to be fucked over that just means you talk about that bitch last week but what are you doing when you see that bitch from last week that you just said fuck that bitch are you actually walking near her and making her feel like "Mm?" or have you known that that's just a feeling that you had about her and you have been living and existing your life in ways in which you have not actually impacted her you just know that hey i don't really fuck with her like that but sometimes we get to a point where we're like oh fuck that bitch Oh, I can't believe I'm not cool. Oh my gosh, I should I should be cool with everyone. Why do I have problems with everyone? You may want to allow yourself to realize that you ain't finna fuck with everyone, and that's fine. You may want to allow yourself to be realistic about the types of things that you like. Maybe she don't like you either. But the point is, you cannot really allow yourself or your weak to be consumed by little mistakes. First of all, the average person may say, fuck that bitch. That doesn't mean your growth is going to remove that ideology from your mind. Everybody who is even, even the spiritual healers have moments in which they're saying, fuck this shit. You know, I saw some type of video on TikTok where this lady was pretty much meditating on the words saying, that's not my business. Fuck it. Fuck it. And when I actually heard her saying that, I was just like, oh, shit, that's something I need to say. Because sometimes I think that's something that everyone could kind of relate to. You ever have a situation where, you know, your friends are doing whatever the fuck they want to do and you already know that there's a better way that they can do it, especially if it's involving like men and you're like, you know what? Fuck it. 
fuck it. Because you know in your mind you wouldn't want to do or you would not want her to continue with that type of relationship. But she has to get to a point where she realizes that. We can talk till the end of time, but she has to also make that her actual mantra. She has to make that her mission to say that she doesn't want to leave. Even though in our mind, we want to be supportive. We want to be there for our friends. We want to be there for people in our lives. But also, your growth is your growth. Your healing is your healing. Your timing is your timing. But you cannot go to her and tell her what she should do with her life and then consume yourself so much. And I want to clarify the consumption. Some people are consumed by one conflict and think they're an empath. I think we should all look into what empathy actually is. Because empathy is not supposed to completely drain you especially the ways in which some people have been drained. Some people have been drained from physiological measures, not just emotional. So I think people need to start leaning into the idea that they actually may be trauma bonded or they may genuinely just be emotionally drained from other things in life. We all have legit things going on. So to really think and say, am I an empath or am I drained in other ways? Am I an empath or am I trauma bonded with this person? Am I an empath or do I just genuinely care? If you're not an empath, that doesn't mean you don't care as much at all. It, and it doesn't even mean that you're carrying the weight of the person. It just means that you have a level of understanding that is deeper than the sympathetic understanding that the average person may have. It does not mean that for weeks, everything that they feel you feel that's not it. But that's another discussion. But going back to accepting your mistakes as a part of you and not just who you are, that is the biggest lesson that a lot of us need to figure out how to do. I remember there was a time where I used to say, man, I just keep doing this. But then I actually thought, but you're still learning, fool. You really think that you was going to do this and learn the skill and then tomorrow once you learn the skill, you was never going to make that mistake again? You really thought that just because you have a pathway, that once you got that pathway, it was a prescription for how you was going to change? Change don't happen that way. Skills take time. A lot of this shit is based on brain chemistry. So you ain't finna change your brain, brain chemistry by tomorrow just because you learned that skill yesterday. You simply have to do it over and over and over again. I also follow another page on Instagram and TikTok. She makes videos too. But I follow something called Holistic Psychologist. And she actually sends texts like they're free. You don't have to pay for it. She sends texts where she's basically pretty much requesting you say certain things, certain mantras, certain beliefs. And that also can help your brain chemistry by you repeating certain things, right? So yesterday's text was, I am healing, I am healing, I am healing. When you lean into that, you'll feel a lot better as opposed to, I made a mistake. I am a mistake. I keep messing up. 
Who needs to hear that all the time? You definitely don't need to give yourself that credit. You need to say to yourself, I made a mistake. It is what it is. I am learning. I am growing. I am healing. Allow yourself the grace in which you give other people. Allow yourself to advocate for yourself the ways in which you advocate for other people. I often have that problem. I will argue with a motherfucker real quick if they tell me that black women don't matter. But if I actually hear somebody say, I don't matter, I internalize that shit as if they actually telling me I don't matter. And why do I feel that, that level of internalization? But yet, if I'm arguing about it, you're not going to tell me shit about black women not mattering because I believe they do. So the way in which I try to manage it is, you really feel so strongly about a whole fucking community of people. Why don't you just feel that way about yourself? So then I start saying, I matter. I matter. I matter. Reminding myself that I matter makes me have more conviction to actually advocate for black women. And when I say black women, I mean all black women, not just heterosexual black women. And just that reflection and giving myself that grace has helped a lot. But don't beat yourself up over no damn mistake. You technically should probably reflect on the types of mistakes. What if you went from saying, oh, fuck that bitch, I hope she never come around me no more. And now you're like, well, I don't actually have a conflict with this person. I mean, we not cool, but it is what it is. You see the difference? You literally went from not giving a fuck about that person's existence to now being like, yeah, well, it's all right. I mean, we're not cool, but I can still coexist. You have to give yourself those type of wins. You have to literally see those as like, oh shoot, girl, you are growing. Like, even sometimes I sit back and reflect. I used to be wild. Like, (laughs) I literally used to be so wild. I didn't give a damn. But then I also had to think of the context. I also was damn near battling homelessness. I was, <laughs> I just had so much going on. So for me to have felt like I should have been my whole self dealing with those things, how was I going to be able to sit there in that moment and say, this is, this, my, this reaction is not who I am. At that moment, I'm trying to survive. So give yourself the grace of the context in which you were reacting and that reaction was actually detrimental to people or yourself. And even when it's more so with yourself, think about the context of why you're actually feeling that way. If you just got fired last week, that's not the best time for you to tell yourself, I'm worthy. I think you should probably allow yourself to feel a little upset that you got fired because that's an actual experience that makes you warranted enough to actually be like damn I just can't believe this that's a moment in which you should actually be okay to express yourself but if you simply didn't hold the door for a person and you know that you're the type of person who you know you would like to hold the door for everyone you're nice but you didn't and now you're beating yourself up about the fact that you didn't actually hold the door a bit different at that point 
you go ahead to develop another coping skill because the situation in which you actually got fired you don't need to use a skill for that now if you if you still have that feeling for eight months after the firing and you have a job you have a new job now and you're actually having a better life now but you're still upset about the fact that you were fired you may want to develop some coping skills on how to deal with that but if you simply did not hold the door and that affectation is just as strong as when you got fired you may want to work on that because you simply did not hold the door but you have every right to be upset that you literally gotten fired you don't have to use skills for things that actually warrant you to be upset you only use the skill for things that warrant you to be upset when you actually have gone beyond the boundary in which you set for yourself to end this podcast focusing on who you are holistically is a key role in assessing, accepting, expressing, and valuing your belief system. Reminding yourself that who you are holistically is what is going to count towards your overall existence. You do not exist for a mood. You do not exist for an emotion. You do not exist because of pain. You do not exist because of your trauma. You do not exist because of the things that you already know that you didn't deserve. You exist to be a whole person holistically. You exist to literally be a powerhouse. You better go up in there and be the mitochondria. You don't be walking around like you atrophy. Who you dying for? You living, you're living. You be the cell that's actually breathing air. You be the cell that's actually constructing synapses. You be that science. You exist. You live. You matter. Peace. Hey, y'all. So just a thought. far along the black community would be if black women were not shamed for wanting to date men who had money because I sometimes feel like economically you know there are clearly structural and systematic reasons as to why we do not have overall generational wealth but I do understand also that there are immediate roadblocks that occur There are black women who would want an environment in which they are actually economically safe, meaning their partner makes money, like a lot, you know, and no one should want or have to question that and ask them, why do you feel you need someone with money? But I do wonder how far along we would be if black women were simply allowed to be free in that form of expression without judgment because y'all can say that you can walk around and be like it doesn't matter what people think do what you want to do but we already know how that perception leads to someone else's reality there are actually black women who would not date someone with money so that they can seem as if 
they're more connected to their community or that they have to feel sorry for someone as if like them dating a black man with no money is going to save the universe. And I wonder how far we would be if we decided that we just wanted to fuck around and date people with money. Like, if you really want generational wealth, knowing that the structural pieces are not something in your control, you could easily control that with the people you date. You can say all you want that we don't have a choice in who we date. God sends whoever. Whatever the fuck you believe is whatever the fuck you believe. The point is, you have an absolute choice on who the fuck you finna date. And whoever you are dating, which is going to most likely lead to whether you want to have a marriage or not, you should probably not be doing it with broke people, then expecting the outcome to magically be generational wealth. How the hell are you going to develop some form of wealth from a motherfucker who doesn't have more than you? Or if you also have your own form of wealth, Why should you date a motherfucker who doesn't have what you have? Like, I feel like if you date somebody who's on your level, it's not that there's going to be an absence of conflict. It just simply means that the main conflicts that lead to negative affectations, such as low socioeconomic status, would not be a huge indicator of your relationship and not be a huge burden towards you all psyche. So I feel like we really need to start being honest about the fact that black women should date men who have money and they shouldn't be shamed for it because yes, money does matter. I don't give a fuck what no one says. You keep walking around here thinking that money doesn't matter. Then why the fuck does homelessness exist? And why are people depressed and sad and suicidal and shit? You think motherfuckers would be out here upset about a stimulus check if money did not matter? Come on now, bruh. Like, literally, we need to be able to be honest about the importance of money. We need to be honest about the fact that sometimes if you do have a lot of money, your mindset will change. Why is that an issue? There are people who have money who do not look down on people who don't. But what I will say is, if there is a black woman who decides that she wants to selectively choose men who have money, she should be able to do so freely. Because there are white women who are actively going to college and their parents literally tell them, make sure that you find a man who is capable of taking care of you. Black women are told, make sure you find a man that you can take care of. But then that motherfucker still wants to lead. Where the fuck are you going to lead me if you have low low socioeconomic status? And I don't. This doesn't even make sense to me. But yet, that's what black women are conditioned to actually want and believe in. You got to feel bad that you decided that you wanted someone better. That doesn't make any sense. Like, for instance, Sisters, Tyler Perry's TV show. Why the fuck did Karen end up with the dumbass who was trying to get his life together? Why does someone have to literally deal with someone while they're getting their life together versus being honest? If you're getting your life together, you probably should not be dating. You need to be focusing on your life. I'm not saying you should deprive yourself of your physical needs but all I know is you better not be out here promising people the world and shit when you don't even have the world to provide it yourself and unfortunately motherfuckers want to be so collectivist that they feel like the absence of self means the community no the enrichment of oneself leads to the development of a community 
You can't be doing all this extra stuff with other people and not being there for yourself. And Zach is clearly not there for himself. He's literally trying to develop himself. He's always stressing out because he's trying to grow. But she don't need to be with him while he's doing that. And I'm not understanding why people feel she should. And that's the problem. She would be seen as a problem if she leaves him. She would be seen as a problem if she stayed. I would rather her just be able to not be with him and be with the other guy who is literally wanting to give her the world. He he wants to respect her. He wants to love her. He wants to manifest her. He wants to literally provide her everything she needs. He was going to provide her the safety net. But yet Tyler Perry, of course, made sure she fucked over and ended up with the dumbass. And I'm just like, this does not have to be that. Like, we need to see more black women dating men with money and that being okay. Why is it an actual offense that a black woman wants safety in that component? You telling me a woman who makes 100,000 should date the guy who makes 26 just because he's nice? No, she should date the other guy who also makes 100,000 or at best 80. But she should not be dating the guy who makes 22. She shouldn't. And I know y'all want to be like, well, you know, everybody who doesn't make money is not going to necessarily be jealous about the fact that she does. But a lot of them do. So in order to really guarantee that she doesn't have all that extra conflict of a person who will make her feel like, you know, her, her, um, her status or her contributions or her attributes or her, um, you know, her overall assortment of qualities won't be seen as something bad towards them. I just think you really need to date people on your level. And if you're rich, you should date rich people. If you're poor, you should date poor people. If you're rich, you should date somebody who makes less than you as long as you're okay with it. If you're poor and you want to date rich, go on ahead and do it. But what we aren't going to do is tell black women that you should never even think about dating rich, that you should never even think about dating a man with money, period, and that should be okay. And then still in the same breath talk about, well, you know, we're not developing our own generational wealth. Well, how would two people who make $22,000 each who are comfortable with that be able to do so? And you tell her that she should never want to achieve that so that she could remain humble. And you you don't even plan on getting out of that 22. She has surpassed that. Why is it that when a black woman surpasses the latter, people say you need to come back down? So to me, she has to be able to date somebody who's on her level or above. Because it's literally, physiologically, impacting black women to continue to date people who are beneath them. And when I say beneath them, I literally mean socioeconomic status, mentally and emotionally. When you're dealing with somebody who literally makes less than you and they're out here actively aggressive and they're saying stupid shit like I'm the leader, what the fuck are you leading when you literally make $22,000 and you live with me? And I take care of you. What the fuck are you leading? Your ass to the toilet? You're not leading a home with $22,000. 
The only thing you have that's a privilege is your gender. So yes, I will forever say black women need to date men on their level or above. If you want to date a man who has money, you do that unapologetically because you should not literally suffer just because somebody wants to remind you that you're black. Your blackness is not even embedded in poverty. Your blackness is not a monolith. Your blackness is such a spectrum that you deserve the luxuries of life. That's why I really value TikTok. There's so much black woman luxury, black male luxury on there too. I found a channel today where there's this black guy who legit has a whole channel regarding self-care, black men luxury, black men's wellness, and all of that. That shit is dope. Even he knows he deserves the best. So all I'm saying is leave black women alone when they say they want a partner who has money. You are not a gold digger because you want someone who's stable financially. That's all I have to say. Black women deserve more. Black women will get more. And black women will maintain whatever they have unapologetically. Peace.